the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for your presence today. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? In response to this question, which is the topic of today's message, the resounding answer is love him, praise him, trust him, obey him, and bless his holy name. Anything less dishonors our Lord and Savior who gave his life that we might live eternally with him. To say we love our Lord and then deny him in any way, shape, or form, or fashion makes us as guilty as those in the Bible who said, let him be crucified. Listen closely with Bible pen and paper handy. Uh, We want you to turn your, your Bibles, open and turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 27 verses 15 through 26. I want you to hang with me. This is very comprehensive text and we're going to give you history. We're going to give you some definitions. We're going to give you a little everything. You're going to need a pen. You know, if you were in colleges and university, you'd be taking notes on your iPad or iPhone. Or you, you, you'll be writing and documenting because you want to do well on the exam. Well, there'll be no exam next Sunday, but, but, but Jesus will be evaluating your attentiveness and your comprehension and your engaging in the substance of this message to the glory of God. When I approach the scripture, my, my heart's prayer is, Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. That's what I pray before I read the scripture. Uh, Lord, speak to me, for your servant is listening, and that ought to be your spiritual posture here today. Uh, Matthew chapter 27, verses 15 through 26 is our text. And the word of God reads, Now at the feast Uh, The governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wish. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? Verse 18, For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him saying, have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, let him be crucified. Then the governor said, why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was rising 
He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. What a text. From this passage, we want to preach the question, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? Uh, This is the ultimate question in life that all of us must answer sooner or later. Now, many of, many of us here, we, we ask life questions such as, what college should I go to? What career path should I take? We ask questions such as, and they're good questions, they're legitimate questions, who should I marry and when should I marry? Others ask the question, uh, when should I have children? Uh, how many children should I have? Uh, other pa- parents ask questions, how should I best discipline my children? Those seeking to live somewhere, you ask, uh, where would I like to live? How and where should I invest my money for retirement? Great question. When should I retire? Another great question. And if you're saved, what local church should I join? All of these are indeed important questions we must ask ourselves in life's journey. However, what transcends all of these questions is the ultimate question. And the ultimate question is, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? This is the question that Pilate asked the tumultuous crowd who hated Jesus, who despised Jesus, and desired to see Jesus put to death. One may ask, just who was Pilate? You hear Pilate's name in the pages of scripture. You hear his name over and over again this time of year. Who is Pilate? Pontius Pilate was the fifth governor of Judea. Uh, He was appointed by the emperor Tiberius. Uh, Pilate held office for some 12 years. Uh, His first name, Pontius, means belonging to the seas. All that we know of Pilate from non-biblical sources indicate that he was a brutal, vicious monster. Philo of Alexandria The philosopher wrote that Pilate was a man of inflexible, stubborn, and cruel disposition. His term in office was characterized by violence, robbery, assault, abusive behavior. This was a wicked man. And frequent executions without trial. In the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse 31, Pilate turned uh, Christ over to the Jewish authorities. And in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verse 7, it says, Pilate turned Jesus over to Herod Antipas. The Jewish leaders accused Jesus of three crimes. 
Three crimes. What were they? Number one, they claimed that he was guilty of misleading the nation. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. It's those three answers, those three answers are found in Luke chapter 23, verse 2. In Luke 23, 2a, it says, and they began to accuse him, referencing Christ, saying, uh, we have found this fellow perverting the nation. So the first claim is that he was guilty of misleading the nation. The second claim that he was accused of, uh, they accused Jesus of forbidding the paying of taxes to Caesar. And that's in the scripture. In 2B of Luke 23, it says, for, and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar. And the third accusation against Jesus was, uh, Jesus was charged for claiming to be king. Verse 3c says, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Pilate focused on the third charge that Jesus claimed to be king because this was a definite political threat to Rome. In this particular passage, the pressure on Pilate to release Jesus because of his innocence or condemn him because he claimed to be king was mounting, which caused Pilate to resort to following the tradition of releasing a prisoner at Passover in hopes that the common people who love Jesus would select him over Barabbas. To ensure the crowd would select Jesus over a prisoner, in verse 17, Pilate presented Barabbas, who was the most notorious prisoner incarcerated. The, the scripture says, therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? Servants of Jesus Christ must be willing to stand up for Jesus, no matter what the cost. In the words of an old hymn, stand up, stand up for Jesus, we soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead, till every vote is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail us. We dare not trust our own. We must put our trust in Jesus Christ, not in ourselves. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Well, we talked about Pilate. We hear in the word Barabbas, Barabbas, Barabbas in the passage. So you must pose another question to the text. Who is Barabbas? Barabbas means son of the father. Son of the father. In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, verse 7, and in the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 23, verse 19, uh, Barabbas is identified as an insurrectionist and a murderer. And the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verse 40, it says that Barabbas was a robber was a notorious criminal. Just before Jesus's trial, there had been an insurrection and riot in Jerusalem in which several Romans were killed. Barabbas was unquestionably involved and was probably a leader of the, of the rebels. Jesus was so hated and despised until they chose a notorious robber, a notorious murderer, a notorious insurrectionist over Jesus who was sinless. They, they took 
an evil, wicked man over Jesus who was righteous and over Jesus who had no fault. Pilate's conscience told him Jesus was innocent. Roman law said an innocent man should not be put to death. And Pilate would have been wise indeed if he had only taken counsel from his wife. You know, there are times you really need to listen to your wife. Mrs. Mrs. Pilate, she said in Matthew 27, 19, oh, have nothing to do with that just man. For I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But he was placed in. Pilate was placed in in such a dilemma that the voice of the volatile crowd caused him to neglect the counsel of his wife and buckle under pressure from the crowd. Can you see this scene? Pilate's scheme to use the custom of releasing a prisoner at Passover to his advantage fell and the people would accept no compromise because the religious leaders incited and, in, and stirred up the crowd. Matthew 27 verses 20 through 21 says, But the chief priests and elders, these are religious folk. Religious folk can be some of the wickedest folk. These are wicked folk. Uh, thinking they're doing God's service. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. Verse 21, the governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. In verse 22, Pilate asked the key question in the text that is our subject for the day. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. In verse 23, Governor Pilate tried to reason with the crowd by saying, why, 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 what evil has he done? But they cried out all the more saying, let him be crucified. Let him be crucified. There was nothing Pilate could say or do to persuade a crowd that was determined to see Jesus put to death. In verse 24, since Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, he took water and began to wash his hand before that multitude saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just man. Where did he get that from? He got that cue from his wife. Just man. You see to it. Now, the washing of Pilate's hand uh, before the crowd was a public demonstration of declaring himself innocent of the decision to execute Jesus and that he found no grounds for giving Jesus the death penalty. He said, I wash my hands of this. However, the blood of Jesus was on Pilate's hands no matter how much he washed his hands. Water would never free Pilate from the guilt of committing history's gravest miscarriage of justice because he yielded to the demands of the crowd. Y'all hanging with me? 
the depth of hatred and animosity against Jesus was so fierce that the people could care less about the consequences of their foolish demands nor the spiritual implications it would have on on their future generations. Verse 25 says, and all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and our children. We don't care, in other words. Ooh, they, were, they had gone crazy. Though the religious leaders accepted culpability and responsibility for killing Jesus, it should be every parent's heart's desire to have the blood of Jesus Christ over their children and themselves. Instead, the madness and insanity of the crowd drove them to request judgment, not only on themselves, but even on their children. They were outright mad, out of their minds. They were insane. In Matthew 27, 26, the scripture says, He released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Now, let me tell you something about Roman flogging. Scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Roman flogging was a horrifically cruel punishment. The person receiving such a punishment would be stripped of his clothes, tied to a post, and beaten with a leather whip that was interwoven with pieces uh, of bones and metal which ripped off skin and tissue, often exposing bones and internal organs. Flogging was so brutal that many would die from the flogging itself. However, not even having Jesus scourged would pacify a crowd. In other words, scourging Jesus wasn't enough. They wanted to see him dead. They were determined to see Jesus put to death. Pilate knew it was right to release Jesus because he knew Jesus was innocent, but succumbed to the pressure of pleasing the crowd. He had, he had no easy way out and went down in history as a man who acquiesced to the crowd's demand that Jesus be put to death. Just wanted to paint that graphic picture before giving you spiritual insights to live by based on the passage we have read. With that being said, What spiritual insights can we glean from this passage? What spiritual insights can we glean from this passage? You need to write everyone down because God wants to to do a mighty thing through you with his word. Number one, the reason the crowd asked for for Barabbas instead of Jesus was because Barabbas was a sinner just like them. They identified with Barabbas. Barabbas' sinful lifestyle could not convict them. 
Barabbas was a thief. Barabbas was a rebel. Barabbas was a murderer. And his lifestyle did not disturb the crowd. But when they looked at the life of Jesus, when they looked at the Lord's righteousness and the truth he spoke exposed their wickedness resulting in their desire to murder Christ instead of repenting and believing on Christ who came to save them from their sins, from their sins. Matthew 27, 20 says, but the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. So the reason the crowd asked for for, asked for Barabbas instead of Jesus was because Barabbas was a sinner just like them. Secondly, the second principle we glean from this passage, righteousness and wickedness cannot coexist together. Righteousness and wickedness cannot coexist together. Beloved, you are either righteous or you're wicked. You cannot be both at the same time. The crowd, the crowd embraced the wicked and persecuted Christ who was sinless, perfect, and righteous. Matthew 27, 21 says, the governor answered and said to them, which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas, beloved, which of the two are you? Are you righteous embracing Christ and loving him and following him? Or are you wicked? Reject Christ. Live in sin. And whatever feels good to you, you do it regardless of what God's word says. That's wickedness. Righteousness and wickedness cannot coexist together. You cannot be saved and lost at the same time. You cannot be going to heaven and hell at the same time. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve, says Joshua. But as for me and my house, we going to be righteous. We going to serve the Lord. Third spiritual insight from this text do not ask people what to do when you already know the right thing to do. Do not ask people what to do when you already know the right thing to do. Matthew twenty-seven twenty-one says, The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas! Pilate knew that Jesus was innocent. Therefore, he should have been bold enough to set our Lord free. When giving leadership to people, whether in your family, whether giving leadership in your employment, whether giving leadership in the Lord's church, have enough courage to say and do what is right before the Lord and then stand your ground and stand your ground. God does not call you to be popular. He calls you to be 
holy. And you will be ostracized. You will be put down. You will be called names. You will be rejected. But that's all right. With God on your side, he's more than the whole world against you. Do the right thing. Do not ask people what to do when you already know the right thing to do. When giving leadership to people, whether in your family, in your employment, in the Lord's church, or wherever you are in life, in decision making, uh, have enough courage to say and do what is right before the Lord, and then stand your ground in gentleness and with respect. Now, because you stand your ground doesn't mean you got to cuss folk out. And got to be you know, arrogant about it and got to be bold and bossy and cocky, you know, just throwing your weight around. No, 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 no. Jesus was humble. Jesus was, he was gentle. He was kind. Even when he was slapped, he did not slap back. And when he was spat upon, he did not spit back. Let somebody spit in your face now. The fight is on. Oh, I wouldn't do that. I'll just say, oh, the Lord, you at work. Oh, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say the Lord's at work. Wait, 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 what you, wait. You, you grabbed him before you even knew you, before you, you already hijacked him up against the wall. You, you, you lost your insanity before you, before you realized you were a Christian and let him go. You can be right, but be kind. Be gracious. Be humble. Don't kill folk. Amen? (laughs) Fourthly, sometimes the people that you do the most for are the ones that hurt you the most. Am I talking to somebody in here? Sometimes the people that you do the most for are the very ones that hurt you the most. Christ had done so much for those in that crowd. He came from heaven to save them from their sins. But many turned their backs on him and asked for him to be crucified. Because people are fickle. Do not put your trust and confidence in them. They can love you today and despise you even more tomorrow. Whatever you do in this life, make sure it is done for the glory of Christ alone. In today's message, we come to the realization both biblically and personally that we sometimes fall short of standing up for Jesus. How can we be Christ-like if we're only doing what we feel comfortable with? rather than doing all that God has called us to do. What then shall we do with Jesus, who is called Christ? Go all the way with him. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.